You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On the rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy. The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas. And the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar. And that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, I sat down with two New York legends, John Starks and Raekwon of the Wu-Tang Clan. This was an amazing discussion as we reminisced on the 90s era when they both ruled New York. John Starrs talked about his Knicks days, the famous dunk over MJ, coming up short in the finals, and his passionate play. While Raekwon talked about the formation of Wu-Tang, attempts to reach the level of Cuban Links, his debut album, the passing of DMX, and being a Knicks fan. It was such an honor to be able to interview New York royalty. Hope you enjoy John Starks and Ray Kwan, the legends. What's going on, brothers? How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling, Hey, man, listen, this is a this is a special honor for me, um, you know, coming on the rematch to have both of y'all. So I grew up fans of both of you, you know, in the, in the early 90s. You know, I'm in, I'm in high school, middle school, high school, and biggest Knicks fan, you know what I mean? John Starks fan, because you, you from Tulsa. You know, went to yeah. Central, even though was, I went to Booker T, but it's like right around the corner. And yeah, then yeah. when Wu-Tang, when y'all came on the scene, it, you just took over everything. And I'm in Tulsa and y'all took over everything. I don't even know if y'all, if you know that you took over yeah. everything like that in places like Tulsa. So it's a big honor. And, you know, just want to thank y'all both for coming on the show, first of all. No question. No question. Yeah, now, let me ask y'all this. 
Do y'all did y'all know each other? Did y'all meet each other before? Have y'all crossed paths? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, wow. So this is, this is making connections, legendary connections, because y'all y'all was at that time in the early nineties. You know, the Knicks was at its peak. You know, Wu Tang just came out. Y'all really took over New York. I'm surprised that y'all never, you know what I mean, crossed paths. Yeah. But that, that had to be a special time, especially in New York. I couldn't even imagine. No, no question. No, I, I wasn't going out that much in, in the city. So I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't out in the clubs or anything like that. And so, uh, but you probably, uh, Ray, you probably ran into uh, Mace and all, a, lot of, a lot of us probably in the clubs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just to me, it was just, you know, at that time, the Knicks was we was the Knicks all over in, in, in the rap <laughs> game. And, um, yeah, you know, y'all definitely inspired us to be great. You know, just putting teams together that was solid, that really put in the work. It really inspired the whole music world, because, like I said, you know, I had uncles that was, you know, fanatic basketball fanatics and. You know, you don't even know how it felt to go to a a game, especially a New York game in the garden and see you guys getting it in. So, you know, that kind of definitely created that whole crew thing for us. You know, the crew thing was serious. And to have a bomb squad like you guys, it was mm-hmm. amazing. So <laughs> definitely appreciate that love, though. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, that's great. I remember being young. So I spent my summers in New York. So, you know, my grandfather would take me to the Knicks games. I mean, we'd be way up in the in the nosebleeds, you know what I'm saying? But I, I was in the building, and it was just the, the the atmosphere. It was, like, electrifying. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, like, something you can't even describe. And it was it's interesting because, you know, we all talk about, you know, it, us, us back from Tulsa, we all talk about our favorite John Starks play and everything like that. I'm going to ask you, Ray, first, what was your favorite – John Starks play that you remember on the court? I just, I don't really have a favor from him because he was always like a, like a great contender. Like he just got it in, you know, you could tell he was the, the guy that really was focused on the court, you know, like I would say I was the same way doing my thing in the music was like, I was about the team. I wasn't about my specific plays or moves. It was just about being a, a supportive character on the team and, doing my role so he had multiple multiple things you know just playing against michael and really just you know going hard body with him and letting him know listen yeah you might but i'm john nigga like you gonna right, right. <laughs> so, no, no, so for, for, for me though it was when you dunked on all three of them like i don't care if you, like, you, know, you came down baseline uh, put it on all three of them that was my favorite that's the one that was like busy. He so many. He has so many different textures of what he was doing at that time. It was too many for me to count, though. You know, in the style that you play with John, it was like all yeah. heart. It was like that's what represented New York to me at that time. Like it was yeah. that gritty uh, lunch pail. You know what I mean? All heart. You know what I mean? Put lay it all out for the, on the floor, and that's why you was always a fan favorite. I mean, did you? Did you always just embrace that, or how did that even come about like that? Well, you you know where I grew up at, so <laughs> north side of Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. and 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 my path to the NBA was a little different than most guys, and so um, I had to fight, scratch, and and, and claw just to get there. Uh, and I, I think Ray, you said it right, man. Uh, I don't really I play to win, you know what I mean. I, I don't 
go out there. Everything was about the team. Individual honors didn't really mean anything uh, to me if it wasn't a team honor. And um, and you hit me right on top of the head, bro, uh, when you talk about, you know, just being in there and being for the fellas. And, and that's what I was all, always uh, about, uh, you know, he growing up, you know what I mean? So much about me, about, you know, can we go out there and, and get it in and win? You know what I mean? That's the number one thing. And so, uh, but, you know, uh, just growing up, anytime, you, know, you know my background, so, you know, yeah. um, having brothers and, and the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, you, you had to be that way. You know, right. just going back out there and just, you know, no matter who you go against, you know, you had to lay it out there on the line and, and, and go out there and play to win. And, and that was my mentality every every game, no matter who I face. And what he's talking about is North Tulsa. That's where we both grew up in. And yeah. so there was just – and there was a style. So he's referring to it as yeah. like, you know, you just had the – it was this gritty style where, you know, you fought for everything. And you stood up to everybody. You wasn't scared about from nobody, no matter who they was, mm. even if it was MJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just that was just the way it was. Yeah. Now let me ask you, John. Was was you a fan of Wu Tang music? Like, yeah, oh, did no you have question. a favorite track? Well, Cream. <laughs> Get okay. that money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and, and those, you know, Wu Tang and that whole, uh, you know, the hip hop era, you know, really hyped us up. You know, before the game. You know what I mean? And, and you put on a, a track like that and you just start like focusing, 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 you know, going out there and you got to get that money when you step out of that court. You know, that was our mentality, you know. And so uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Raekwon and uh, all those guys, man, because, you know, they brought in a, a whole new era. You know what I mean? Uh, an era that, you know, spoke about the streets and, and know the streets and so you identify with groups like uh uh like the wu-tang clan and and biggie and Pac and i can go on and on you know what i mean and so uh it, it was amazing the era right there and and the music and everybody talking about hip-hop is not gonna uh go no further than this and look at it now mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's on top you know, I, I want to ask you ray you know because the way that y'all y'all are a special team because y'all had so many people you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, sometimes groups have like three people at the most. You know what I mean? But y'all had a whole crew. Talk about how, you know, make the correlation with y'all forming as a team to a basketball team. You know what I mean? Because y'all had talents. Y'all was able to shine on your own. Cats were able to do, you know, individual and all the individual projects. That's the thing. Everybody was coming out with something that was just fire. Was crazy. Like everybody. No, but crazy. then y'all all came back to the team. I thought that was so, that was special. Like, you don't, You just didn't see that. Um, it, you know, for us, it was just more about representing where we from, you know, and with, you know, in the neighborhood that we lived in, it was like every neighborhood had their own specific crew. You know, it was like a team. So yeah. we was representing Park Hill Projects and, you know, Staten Island in general. Of course, we represent the old Staten Island, but we coming from a place called Park Hill. So for us, it was like certain artists, well, I ain't going to call us artists back then, certain guys that rhyme, we knew who they were. And when we formed, it became a team. It became like, even if I didn't rock with you heavy, 
I'm signed to this to this franchise now. You right. know what I mean? I'm signed to this team, man. You know, it's the same thing as being, you know, being an athlete and being on a team. You know, you have to respect the players that you play with. And also you have to see the greatness in the players that you play with. Yeah, and I've seen it early. I mean, you know, when Rizzo wanted to, you know, construct this team, you know, I was probably one of the first guys that he called to really right. start rounding dudes up. But it, it goes back to being a team. And, you know, for us, that's how we felt. We was the we was the golden team for Staten Island. We was the guys that felt like everybody you could put us up against, we had somebody that could that could challenge each man. So it does fall in the same category as, you know, as a as a basketball team, you know? And some players were stronger than others. And you know, but that didn't make that didn't say that that person wasn't ill because I felt like even though myself and Method Man or Old Dirty Bastard might have been the highlight of the team, I mean, you still had other guys that was right. dominant in, in their position. Mm-hmm. Right. So it always was about team. It always, and when we went out there, that's how we carried ourselves. It's like, yo, if, if, if somebody get at you, then I'm going to jump in. I'm going right. I'm to I'm <laughs> play. Let me get them. You know what I mean? It was right. that mentality. Let me stick them. You yeah. know, boom, you, you go to this guy or whatever. So... It, it it really represented a time where crews were teams. I don't care how you put it. You know, yeah. these are the guys I go home with at night. These are the guys I love. These are the guys that we're going to have our little personal, you know, quarrels yeah. with. But at the end of the day, when we step out there, we get on that stage, it's all one. It's going to yeah. always be one forever. And that was yeah. our mentality, you know, just to go out there and just handle you know, yeah. and, and we felt dominant. You know, we you know in the nineties, you gotta remember, man, the nineties is a serious time because yeah. sports, entertainment, music, all of that was just it was going to the next level. You know, so for us it was always about go out there and represent. You know, I remember we started getting so big to where we started to feel like, yo, we need uniforms. You know what I mean? That shirt you got on right now, <laughs> right, that's right, a right. uniform. That, yeah. That's not a T-shirt. Yeah. That's a uniform. Yeah. You know? right. yeah. I tell people all the time, when you look at our first album, Into the 36 Chambers, we all have black hoodies on. Right. Those little, those, um, they looked at like uniforms, but all it was really was was a Wu-Tang stick on top of a black hoodie. So mm-hmm. we wanted to be that team that, people could identify as a whole you know not just one person or two of us it had to be the team you know so when you had that w one it meant a lot you know it meant it meant like yo we we one of the hottest groups in the world i mean that that's what we felt like at that time we had guys on our team that was strong the jizzer you know being one of the most intelligent rappers in the world to me at that time and it still is like you know i would i would say jizza probably would be a ewing you know or oakley you know what i mean you know i would have been stocks that's why that's why i was stocks at that time because i didn't want to lose right i was the i was the the springboard of the crew where it's like yo jump on my back i'm gonna set it off i'll get out in the front no yeah. problem. Put me on whoever. Mm-hmm. He's not going to score. 
Right. <laughs> keep my words. I keep my word on that. That's how we would, that's how we would sit down and kick it. You know what yeah. I mean? The same yeah. way. Like, yo, you get up there, yo, you represent. But it was always a battle thing for us, man. And it was competing, competing. And I remember those early days of like they had this thing called Jack the Rapper going on. And you know, before we even really started getting big, this was a place where a lot of MCs would just come and you know, we're staying off six, six, you know, six paces and draw. Like, you know, and that was fun to us, just getting out there and just hearing dudes rhyme. And then we get they we they get to hear what we what we doing. So to me, all that was the same thing as being in the league. You know, it's yeah. like you really had to go out there and bang out to be special, and that's what we was doing. It was interesting how you made that correlation because now with the Knicks, I saw y'all the same way. Like y'all would maybe have little inner battles sometimes. I mean, sometimes you see it on it on the, on the screen. I mean, we watch it again. Right, yeah. We see y'all fussing with each other, but then y'all have all each other's back. You know, if anything happens outside the crew, you know what I mean. Y'all all jump to each other's defense. I mean, I yeah. thought that was so great. And that's that special bond that y'all had. Talk about that bond that that, that y'all had and, and how that really helped y'all. You know what I mean? Propel y'all to be that special team that you were. It was just it was just love, man. It was just knowing where we came from and, and realizing our dreams is starting to come true. You know, when you start when you start getting a couple of dollars and you get out of the neighborhood, you're able to help your friends and your family and you realize, yo, wow, you know, this can really happen. You humble yourself, you know, it's nothing that could make you forget those times of, of not having a job or having a position in the world where people respect it. So yeah. a lot of times when we when we have our verbal situations, because it never really got physical, it always is verbal, but you know, you chill for about an hour or two, or maybe even a hmm. day, and you come back to the job the next day, like yo, that's in the past. Right. That's something in front of us that's very powerful and people love us. So the people was making us put down a lot of the the bullshit when you know when it comes to the egos you know when you're dealing with so many talented guys in one crew egos kick in they kick in you cannot control that you know you cannot control that but at the end of the day we never allowed ourselves to forfeit what we're here to do so it was always about yo they love us we got to get over this shit and when we get out there on that motherfucking court, <laughs> they y'all don't know shit. Yeah. You know, when we off the court, we off the court. Right. The court yeah. Then it. Then it goes back into the trap. Yeah. Was that, was that the same yeah. with y'all, John? The same, the same yeah. kind of thing? Uh, you know, he, he, he's explaining exactly the mentality that you have as a team. And you know this time, you know, you're going to have different personalities. You got, you got 12 guys on a basketball team. Everybody got their own uh, personality. Everybody got their own ego. But when you got a focus and when you got a uh, plan and you got the eye on the prize, that brings you all back together and keeps you in there. Yeah, we had fights and battles with one another. You know, sometimes it did get physical, especially during practice. It did mm-hmm. get physical. And uh, But at the end of the day, like he said, you know, you brush it off and you come back because you know you in it for one another. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, uh, I can remember plays where I used to, you know, go at guys on the court and they come back at me and the reporter asked me after the game, now what what was that about? I like, what what about? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know, like you know, that, that wasn't nothing. You know what I mean? That wasn't nothing. You know, we get to win. That's all about. You know what I mean? So yeah, but you know that that but we we was on edge like that, and and Rouse had us like that. He had us foaming at the mouth and and you know at each other's throat. But but then he opened the cage, and we go out on that court. We unleash it out there on the court. You know, whoever we we playing against, and so. Uh, that was just our mentality, you know. We took on the mentality of New York in general, you know what I mean? And Rouse wanted us to be that gritty, hard-nosed, just get out the uh, basketball team, and, and we went out there and we represented the city. Were, were there always factors, uh, outside factors, that were trying to kind of seep in? And this is a question for both of y'all, to kind of seep yeah. in and splinter y'all and to, and to whisper in one ear, hey, you could be doing better if this cat over here wasn't, or you, because I know that happens all the time on the court. I'm sure that happened with y'all as a crew, you know, with, with the Woo. You know, did, did y'all he see some of that kind of forming? And then how did y'all not let well, that, you know what I mean? Well, that's that's the media. For us, it was the media. And, uh, and Riles always talked about, you know, not letting nothing, you know, outside of these these walls enter inside our thinking. You know what I mean? Uh, I got the best advice when I first came to New York with Trent Tucker. And mm-hmm. he told me, he's, he said, you know, when you start doing well, don't read the paper. <laughs> because if you start, you know, reading your clippings, you'll let all that enter into you. Then all of a sudden, you know, you start listening to talk radio and, you know, they killing you when you have a bad game. And all that stuff started to seep inside of your thinking. And uh, I remember I'd never read the newspaper. I'd never listened to talk radio my whole time of playing. And then when guys came here, uh, you start to see that. You start to see them listening to talk radio, reading the newspaper, and it was affecting their play. You know, I'm not going to name the guy uh, mm-hmm. that I played with, but I had to, like, pretty much jump down the chest just to get him to, like, you know, stop out and, you know, that BS. You know what I mean? And don't be bringing this to this team. And so, um, but he got on board and, you know, he became a pretty good uh, ball player. So um, it's just about, you know, you keeping, you know, uh, your focus and and not letting, you know, the outside forces disrupt what you're trying to get accomplished as a team. Right. Let me, let me ask you this though, the, um, the documentary American saga, right? So it, it taught us a lot about, about the woo that we didn't know. And I thought about it when you was talking about the different crews and how some of y'all was from different crews, but then once you formed, you know what I mean, under the woo and Ray and, you know, you and Rizza got y'all all together and everything like that, y'all became one crew. It was, was some of the stuff in the documentary, like, was it factual or was it just more kind of made for movie? I've heard people saying that a lot of times, like, was you and, cause you and Ghost was obviously real, real tight. You know, I, I was watching the verses, now, let me tell you, that versus was, listen, I had the whole, I had to send the kids downstairs. I was turning it up. I was rocking. You know what I mean? I was about to even break out my Timberlands before I remember my wife said no outside boots in the house. But you know what I mean? But still, I'm sitting there rocking the whole time with it. And y'all had this special chemistry. But then watching in the documentary, it looked like y'all was just beefing all before. And I didn't know how that really formed. How did y'all get so tight? And was that documentary kind of, 
you know, exaggerated a little bit as far as y'all beef. You talking about you talking about the Showtime documentary? Yeah, the Showtime one, the See, American Saga one. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, that's that's the Hulu series though. The Hulu series, yeah. Yeah, so you know, you know, definitely that was a um, that was a movie that was inspired by a lot of true events. You okay. know, some of it, you know, of course, <laughs> it's movie driven. You know right. how that goes. You know, all right. but um. You got to remember, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we all from Staten Island and we never, a lot of us didn't hang out every day together. You know, we went to school, you know, we, we crossed paths with each other. Everybody had their own direction at that time. And for us back then, you know, hip hop was everything, you know. So, you know, one thing about RZA, RZA, I would call him like a nomad because he would be in my neighborhood. He would be in Ghost neighborhood. He would hang out on the other side of Staten Island in certain parts. And he would build his relationship with people, you know, in general, just coming up as kids, you know. And for us, it was just more about, okay, I heard of him. He's nice. You know what I mean? Get it in. You know, then it's going to take a little time for me to trust him because at that time, I didn't know him. And I think that that's what any team, you know, it's like coming in the classroom and you're the new kid on the block. It's like everybody's going to be sizing you up and looking at you and seeing if you're really going to deliver. Right. So for us, it was more about learning to love each other, you know, learning to respect each other and build each other's confidence when, when it was needed. Right. And that's what we did. We just went through our times. But once we started to see that the chemistry was making sense, it brought us together. It was like, it's like red light, green light, one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you get closer, you get closer. Once you hear that one, two, three, you know, right. and the next day, you know, we all in the, in the same van loving each other. But, you know, it's ups and downs. You know, every team, it, it you know, you have, you have those moments where, you go through things with your with your crew, you know what I mean? And that makes you great because y'all able to get past it, get back in the get back into what it is that we're trying to do and win, you know? So yeah. if it was something that I felt like when it came to a rhyme, you know how hard it is to tell your brother, nah, that rhyme is whack. Uh. Rhyme is it. <laughs> you know, but you gotta figure it out. And sometimes it can become brutal where it's like, it ain't disrespectful. It's just me being real because I see your true potential. Yeah. So these are the things that we had to go through to come up with each other to be great. You know, when you look at, when you look at Wu, my thing back then was to, to prove to the, to the guy who I felt was the most, the most, probably the most illest on the mic was the jizzer. I wanted to impress him. You know, and, and everybody wanted to press him because he had the longest stats. He had, he'd been there longer than us. So, right. you know, it was always about looking at him and RZA as the captains and be like, yo, did I do good? Did I do good? Or, no, nah, give me a little bit more. You know what I mean? It's, it was always about the temperament. You know, and sometimes the temperament could be brutal. Sometimes the temperament could be like, yeah, baby, I needed that. I needed that spark right there. Yeah, you went in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why when people ask us all the time, yo, when we get on records, are they set up for everybody to go? No, it's not like that. It's about whoever come in and then they start hitting those, hitting those, those points. Right. You start hitting those points. It's like, oh, shit, I got to come in and score, too. You know what I mean? I can't be the only one that don't score. You know, so that was our mentality. But 
far as the film is concerned, the film is just real, man. It was just kids growing up in, in the communities, just growing and learning and learning what it is to, to be a star instead of just being an artist, a rapper, you know? Yeah, I yeah. tell people all the time, anybody could play ball, anybody could be a rapper, but can you be a star? Are you ready to, are you ready to go in there and challenge yourself to be on that level? That's what it was about for the Wolf, you know? So like you said, you had other guys that wasn't as strong to others and, you know, to the, to the media, and then they would try to throw salt in the wounds, and we would have to calm that individual down and tell them, listen, we know your potential, bro. Right. We know you get busy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Prime example, you God. You know what I mean? I love you God. Me and you God is childhood friends. You know, he didn't really catch a lot of wreck on Into the 36 Chambers album. And he caught a lot of he caught a lot of turmoil. But you know, we laughed it off. We laughed it off and he laughed it off. But when you sit down and you think of those records that really was popping. My brother was on there. Right. He was on there setting it off on a lot of classic joints. So at the end of the day, what can what can try to hurt you can only make you stronger if your mind is set in that direction. That's true. And that's that, true. That's where we was at with it. You know, one one of the things that both of y'all have in common is y'all all y'all both have this 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 urge to always pass on wisdom to the younger generation. So John, I mean, you came and spoke in my middle school. Like Carver Middle School, you came and you spoke. And it's crazy because, like, we was all locked in to everything that you said. Like, everything. And you were just talking to us. I don't know you remember Coach West uh, was, was, uh, was a gym. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah. yeah. brought you. And it's little stuff. You, I mean, it's little stuff that you don't even necessarily remember. But I remember every single thing that you said. Mm. And it was, it was so impactful for me. And Ray, the same thing with you. You know, I, I hear you even when you were on, like you were on Griselda in the, in the first intro and you passing wisdom to him. Like I hear you on an interview and you always pass the wisdom to the young cat. Where, where did that that urge and that responsibility come from for y'all to really, because not everybody does it, to be honest with you. Not all ball players do it. Not all people in hip hop do it. You know, so John, let you go first. Where did that come from of you wanting to give back and, and, and put younger cats on and pass on that wisdom mm-hmm. to them? Well, I just think it's coming from your upbringing and, and stuff that you go through and, you know, the tough times that you that you endure. Uh, and, you know, to have people uh, in your corner that's teaching you um, about giving back. You know, you know how uh, Coach West was. You know, he was all about giving back, you know. Uh, I can remember him, uh, Ray, he's uh, – He's my uncle, but he was an all-American uh, NAIA uh, tennis player. And mm. when he used to come, when he used to come home, he used to go down to uh, Lincoln Park, the park where we all grew up playing basketball. But he used to give free uh, lessons to kids, and he used to take me out. And, you know, I used to see him just giving, you know, from his heart, and and you know, not asking for anything in in return, and and you know, and trying to teach you know young young people about uh, tennis as well as about the game of life. And so when I got fortunate enough and blessed and put in a position, you know, and, and have that status, so, so-called status, where, you know, you have kids looking up to you, I think it's just inside of, of you to, you know, speak wisdom. And, and so they won't have to go through the same uh, trouble and, uh, that you had to go through. 
and hopefully that you can touch someone uh, that can, you know, make a difference in their lives and, and inspire them to be great. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's just something that uh, every individual that has that platform should do. You know what I mean? Because, you know, without people, uh, you know, pushing me and, and giving me that wisdom, no telling where I would have been. I know where I would have been, you know, because what I went through. And so it, it just made it easy for me to come back in the in the neighborhood and, and tell my story. And, and because you grab them, once they understand you have the same background as they do, you know what I mean? And that's when you grab grab kids' attention, when they know that you've been through the same thing and you was able to come through it in a blaze of glory and be able to, you know, make something of yourself. And that, that inspire young people. That's the truth. That's the truth. What about you, Ray? Why do you have that 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 burning desire to always pass on wisdom? Well, for me, you know, and everything Josh said was was definitely beautifully said because it's the real. You know, you learn from older people that you learn from people that that got better experience than you. You know, but for me, knowledge is always free. You know, we always been that way. You know, trying to educate each other to what's going on because like he said, you know, that's the key. It's like, you know, me being a five percenter back in the days, that's what it taught me, you know, knowledge, you know, to know the ledge. When you break down that word knowledge, you know, you split it in half, syllable, you know ledge, know the ledge. So for us, it was always important for us to build. You know, you have to build, you have to continue to educate those that's uneducated. And if you don't, you held you held responsible to some degree. So yeah. for me, it was always about giving it up, giving that free knowledge out, man. It's was knowledge is free, man. It's like hmm. that's what it's about. And yeah. for us, you know, each one learned, you know, each one teach one. You know, these were the things that we used to say in the neighborhood, each one teach one. You know, hmm. um, wisdom is the wise words, you know, and hmm. those things really resonated with me down the line throughout my life. And if it was something that I could give give somebody who I felt really had the potential to be great, it was my duty. It was my job to come and say, nah, brother, don't do it that way. Right. Don't do it that way. You gonna you gonna play yourself that do it this there way. There you go. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, even in our earlier times when right before we really started taking off, I remember we used to go and have conversations with executives and different people in the music business that just, we just wanted to sit down and hear them talk, mm-hmm. you know, and they were telling us real shit. Like, yo, listen, you can lose your family in this business. You can lose, you could lose, you know, hold of who you are, you know, and, and those things were really important to us because we still were young. So when I see a young guy or a young female that has so much potential, I want to let them know, yo, you got it. Don't drop the ball because you can drop it. You know, you can you can lose sight of where you're going if you don't have that surroundings around you to tell you certain things. And sometimes we become naive to wanting to listen. You know? And I think it's important. And you and I and God, you know, God is my witness. You know, Papa Wu. He always used to say this: a good listener is a good learner. And yeah. when he said that, it was like, it was like sparks just was flying through my head. Boom, boom, boom. He's right. Yo, boom, boom. 
you know, so it's all about being able to catch the torch and then pass it. Yeah, pass right. it in the greatest way. You know what I mean? We want to see our people win. We want to see our people overcome. And, and, you know, this is what guys such as ourselves, our franchises have have helped to create, you know, not only from a money-wise situation where, you know, you have all these young millionaires now and, you know, guys really making a lot of money because they took time to listen and understand from the people that did it before them or even the people that was just intelligent enough to just tell you right from wrong and you'd be like, all right, that's what I needed to know that. You know, mm. I don't care if it was just one lesson that you learned that day. It it completed that day for us. So right. I try to tell people all the time, like, if you ain't ready to listen, you're not ready to grow. That's hmm. true. That's true. Let me yeah. let me ask you all this, because I'm really all about, you know, helping young people and being an inspiration for young people. And I know how they look at us. Athletes, entertainers, rappers, they, they look at us and they pay attention. Um, and I want to ask you all some, you know, tough question. Uh, but I'll start with you, John. Um, the 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 biggest thing that you had to overcome on the court, the toughest thing that you had to overcome, and I've asked you this before, and I'll you know, I thinking about, it, I'll tell you like mine, like mine was while I was playing with the Wizards, I had open heart surgery, right? Mm. So balance, bouncing back from that, and I had so many young cats, you know, come to me and email me and stuff like that, but like, hey, I saw the way that you you know, bounce back from having surgery and you came back and played ball after that. And that inspired me. It's crazy because you don't even know how people are looking at you oh, and yeah. watching your situation, you know, man, paying mm -hmm. close attention. So, John, I remember before asking you about um, it was the series and the finals and you went yeah. something for something. You know what I mean? I don't remember what it was, but you took <laughs> it, it was two for what, what was it? Two for 18. It was two for 18? Two, yeah. Two, two for, for 18. 18. Game right. seven, yeah. and, and game seven. And how did you bounce back from that? Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that was tough. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, you put so much into, you know, trying to win a championship and, and you just felt like you just let your, your, your teammates down, you let the organization down. And most important, you, you let the city down, you know what I mean? Because that's what I was playing for, you know. New York has the greatest fans, you know, the greatest fans. And, you know, I wanted it so much for them. And um, to come up and and have a game like that, it was heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Uh, I can remember after the game, I just stayed in the shower for about 20 minutes crying, you know what I mean? Because this is something you dream about your whole life growing up and you're on the courts by yourself and you're out there shooting and you got the championship on line and you shoot it, you never miss it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, and to baby to come up short like that, it was heartbreaking. And so I didn't know what to turn to, you know, during that summer, uh, didn't want to be around people. And, uh, but I prayed a lot, you know what I mean? And I thought about, people, great players that uh, went through, uh, played through game sevens and had bad games like Magic Johnson, you know what I mean? Had a bad game, but he was able to bounce back and come, come in the chip. And so I, I, I really focused on that is like, okay, I'm going to get another opportunity next year and I'm going to work my ass off 
to get back healthy because I was playing with just coming off a of meniscus tear a month before the, uh, the the playoffs, and so I was playing probably playing at like 75, 80 percent doing that whole thing on my knee, and so that summer I just worked worked my butt off uh, to say, okay, we got to get back because I got to redeem myself. You know what I mean? And I'm not gonna let this tear me down. You didn't seen guys that had bad games and all of a sudden they life just erodes. Right. Right. You know what right. I mean? And you didn't seen athletes, you know, before your eyes just erodes and and I said, you know, I'm not gonna be one of those. You know what I mean? You've been through tougher times than this growing up. You know what I mean? You had to fight, you had to nights that you didn't eat, you know what I mean? Water off, electricity off, things like that, you know. So you know, you have to lean on on your path and, and what you've been through and develop. And my mother taught us about being, how to survive, you know, how to come through tough times. And so I had to lean on that. And plus, you know, I had my family around me helping me, but I really had some soul searching to do that summer. And I mean, I prayed a lot, man. I had asked God to give me strength and, and help get me through this. And every day I got up, man, I just went to work. Every day I got up, I just went to work and say, I'm going to go back and I'm going to redeem myself. And unfortunately, I never got that opportunity uh, to play for another championship. I felt in 99, when Jordan retired, that we were going to get back and we ended up getting back. But they ended up trading me that that uh, during that lockout. And, and I was like pissed about that because I felt that, you know, we was going to go to the championship, which obviously we did and end up losing. Uh, but... You know, you you just can't you you can't let things overpower you. You know, your mind is the powerful powerful weapon. If you let things seep into your mind, it can destroy you. And I wasn't gonna let one game or one day or two hours uh, dictate my the rest of my life. And so I had to bounce back. And plus, I had family. You know, right. I had a wife and I had my kids, and and so. I was, you know, I had to do it for them, and I had to get back in, get back in the ring, and keep keep fighting. You know, I, I wanted you to tell that story because you know, I'm dealing with younger players now, and I'm in AAU and stuff like that, and I see, you know, young cats just get crushed sometimes, and they oh, have a bad yeah. game. And they don't know how to bounce back. Like you're gonna have a bad game sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the ball is not gonna go in the hole, but you got to yeah. bounce back. You know, and that's just yeah. that's just what about. And but a lot of times, people see John Starks and they see Ray Quan. And but they don't know the hurdles that you had to climb, the mountains that you had to climb to get to where you are. You know, they just see the end product. They just see, you know, the the, the John Stark dunking on MJ and all of them. You know what I mean? They just see see the you know what I mean the the platinum albums over and over. Rayquan, but they don't know everything that you had to do to get there. And Rayquan, if you if you have something like that that you could tell, you know, personally of how what you had to overcome, because I the because the thing is, we. Sometimes we have a, a tendency to try to baby young people into thinking that everything is just going to go smoothly for them. Like their plans are just whatever plan, whatever vision board they have or however they fi figure their life is supposed to be. It's just mm. going to happen with no bumps and no anything like that. Well, and that's, that's not that's the way that life works. You know what I'm saying? Society. So that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's why I like now. to that's use. society we live in. Right. Right, so that's why I like to use some of these stories as inspirations for them to know that you know that's not how it works. But go ahead, Rayquan. I think I think that we have to realize that 
as people, we're not perfect, you know? I don't care. Everybody goes through ups and downs and, you know, that's a part of life. It's about being able to get back up. It's not about always, you know, I can't take a loss. Like I have a, I have an 18-year-old son and he has a problem with, you know, with losing, you know, or whatever it may be. Even if mm -hmm. I'm telling him something, he might be like, damn, dad, you barked me out in front of everybody. And I'm like, I'm not barking at you. I'm just giving you tough love. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I think a loss is almost necessary sometimes, yeah. you know, because it, it balances you. It teaches you that don't think you above the above anything or above anybody, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So when I sit here and I listen to John, you know, and, and he expressed his emotions. And like you said, you know, crying and, you know, sometimes that makes you stronger. You know what right. I mean? You, you, you go through something in your mind that's that's that had to happen to, to, to put you back in perspective, you know? Mm. So sometimes, you know, if an album, say for instance, you know, my, my second album, a mobilarity is called the mobilarity. I thought it was a great album. A lot of people didn't think it was a great album, right. you know, to me, you know, I felt like it was a great album, but I still felt like I let down a lot of people because they wanted more for me. And it was something that bothered me for probably like 48 hours. But then it was like, you know what? I'm going to come back. I'll be back. Right. I'll be back. Don't worry. Right. It's cool. You know what I mean? I understand yeah. that. I understand that y'all wanted this and y'all wanted that. But I was just trying to, you know, explore my horizons and do things that I thought might have been a little bit more impactful far as growth is concerned. But sometimes... Yeah. It may not work that way sometimes for you, you know, when you have to take three steps back to come back 10 steps forward. So that's what I call those situations. So anytime I see somebody in a slump, you know what? It happened for a reason and you're going to dominate it next time because you know now you've experienced it. You experienced something that you probably never had to before, but it came. And now it's all about how you get back up. Yeah, get back yeah. up. It's like how our mother used to tell us, whether you you in the street, you have a fight or whatever, you may lose, but mm. at least get one or two in. Right. <laughs> you know, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you getting your ass whooped, yeah, exactly. if it happens, hey, you know what? You get back up and you give it your best. And I think that mm. that's what make great men great men and great women great women is the fact that yeah. you're able to accept the, you able to accept the loss and turn it into a win because yeah. a loss is only just an imperfection of a win. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. That's true. I like that. Yeah. You know? I like that. I like that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and it's special. And I think that's a great philosophy. But let me also say, you set the bar pretty high with the purple tape. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, for real, like that tape, like honestly, I, and young people watching this ain't even gonna know what I'm talking about. That was probably the only tape that I literally wore out and had to get a new tape. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't play no more. Like, I played it so much, it wouldn't play no more just straight through. So you really you know what did. kind of bar, you know what kind of bar <laughs> I have to deal with? That's see, yeah, it yeah. goes back to, like I said, like, you know, every album I make, it's like people want to compare yeah. that to that. Yeah. So it, you know, it messes with me a little bit and to the point where I had to be like, look, I'm just right. going to go out there and be the best I could be. Right. You know, and, and that's all I can do. I can't sit here and design every album according to what I was doing 
yeah. at that time, you know. But one thing I can do is learn. That's why I keep going back to saying a good listener is a good learner. Yeah. You know, you listen to people, whether they feel like you on point or you not. You listen and you learn from what they're saying. And then you just go back out there and you put your best foot forward. That's you right, know, yeah, so... Yeah. You know, that's why, to me, that's why the Knicks is so legendary, you know? Yeah. It don't matter if you don't win a win a ring because y'all won a ring in people's hearts. Yeah. You know? That's true. In yeah. New York City and people all over the world, like, you know, that hat, that hat is golden. You know oh, what I mean? That, oh. that, that's a... You know, I'm, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a Rangers hat right now. I don't remember the Rangers <laughs> in the series, but, hey, you know what I mean? They're a team that, yeah. was, that was special at some point. Yeah. So... Yeah. For me, it's it's all about learning, man. And if you're not willing to learn, I don't know what to tell you. You know, man. John. Let me let me ask you this, John. Um, who are the young players that you like watching now? Like, who are some of your favorite? You know, the game is different. Well, you know, of course, it's different. Um, you know, but who are some of the young players that you like watching? Mm -hmm. Love Westbrook. I just love uh, his mentality, man. Uh, he got that dog mentality. Every time you step out of the court. He's coming at you, no matter who it is. And it is. What, the, the respect that I got from him is you don't hear him complain about who he's playing with. He's like, whoever's on my team, we're just going to go out, we're going to roll. You know, right. like I remember when Durant left, left Oklahoma City and left Westbrook there by himself. And mm -hmm. he, he was playing with what who? You know what I mean? <laughs> who, who was those dudes he was playing with, right? He had a two guard that could hit the side of a barn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and literally watch this man put that team on his back. Why? Why? In the West. Why? You know, the West was strong at that time. Yeah. In the West, after Kevin, because they thought thought they was just going, okay, Oklahoma City get ready to go down. Right. Down here. Exactly. This man averaged a triple double for the. You know how hard that is yeah, for the yeah. season. Yeah. And he put he put that team on his back and carried them into the playoffs. I like, nah, he's he, yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah. then you hear guys going out with injuries, and, and I'm not gonna name players, but you know, <laughs> great players. You know what I mean? And they. Yeah, oh, man, I was hurt. That's why we didn't make the playoffs. No, I watched this dude by himself put a team on uh, his back. Like, get on board. We going to the playoffs. That, like, shut it down for me. I like that kid right there. Then when I seen him and met him in person, I didn't realize how big he is. Yeah. You know, he's 6'4", like a grown man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I said, I see why he be dominating these guys. I understand that. <laughs> I and, I got and, and he got the John Starks mentality. So, you know yeah. what I mean? So I, 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 there's he, no big surprise. He's he just, yeah. he just a bigger version, man. I, I just yeah. love his tenacity. And like I say, he don't complain. You know right. what I mean? He don't complain who you play with. You like, get on my back. Just like we're trying to do up here in Washington. They got yeah. outside of him and Bradley Bill and maybe the big kid from uh, Gonzaga. You know, yeah. he, he's steady. Mm -hmm. Triple, double, triple, double, triple, double. He's trying to lead him into the playoffs. He, man, he's 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 amazing. He's amazing. I got a lot of respect for Westbrook. I agree. I agree. I agree. Ray, who who you listen to now in the rap game? Like who who are the people that you that you you know what I mean that you bump you vibe to? I mean, it's you know 
the young boys is doing their thing, man. You know, one thing I'm always say is like, talent is talent. You got talent, and 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 it shows. And I don't have I don't have a particular um, particular artist. You know, I just like guys that's just out there doing their thing and staying consistent. Yeah. You know, like he said, it's just about getting out there, and no matter who you who you who you up against, who you competing with. You just got to come out with a win. And a lot of these young boys is doing their things. Like, I like the Migos. I think the Migos is dope, you know? <laughs> they you know, then, of course, you know, you got the Drakes. You got the, you know, you got so many guys out there that's doing their thing. And you still got the legends out there, such as myself and a few more that's, yeah. you know, doing their thing as well. But it ain't really one one particular person that I could say, yo, is is amazing to me, you know? It's a couple of them, you know, but I'm running with the Migos right there. I just the like Migos, yeah. I didn't think it's gonna say. See, I, I like Griselda. I think that oh, they yeah. got that. Well, you I, know, they got yeah. that like Wu Tang kind of feel a little bit. You know what I mean? Nah, some well, of the beats, know, well, the you know, with Griselda, you know, you know, those are my boys, Benny Conway, yeah. Westside. You know, those guys, they definitely come off like as if they was around the time we came out. And when yeah. I met them. When I met them, it definitely felt like a reflection, a true reflection. And um, you know, when it comes to lyrical lyrical skills, yeah, those boys is bad. They bad. They bad. And 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 believe it or not, I remember coming to one of their shows. They invited me to one of their shows, and I and I had told the crowd like, "Yo." These are the guys, you know what I mean? This this is this is real hip hop. This is true hip hop. Mm. And um ever since then they took off, you know? Right. People say, yo, chef, yo, you had a lot to do with that. I'm like, nah, I'm just calling yeah. it. I see it, man. When yeah. when you recognize dope talent or a dope player, you give it yeah. up. You you know, exactly. you give it up. Yeah. And and that's just who we are. Mm. We give it up. You know, but um like I said, it's it's multiple guys that I respect in the business that's doing a thing, man. I'm so proud of these guys because they're keeping our legacy lit. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they'll get to that level one day where they can sit like me and John and, and cool out and still do the things that we want to do because we ain't dropped the ball, baby. You know what I mean? We still here. We still here going hard by. You could also tell that they listened to Wu-Tang growing up, though, too. <laughs> so that's, that's what they do. So I'm going to ask you one last question, though, John. Um, um, the Knicks now, you know, they, they're playing well. They're, 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 if, if the playoffs started today, they would be in the playoffs. You know, they, they, they doing, they doing great. Um, Thibodeau got them cats playing hard. Um, you know, it's almost like a little bit reminiscent of the Knicks in your day, just to some of the, yeah. the gritty style that they're, that they're playing with. Give me a quick evaluation of them before I let you go. No, I, I love the way they playing. Uh, I got a chance to go to a uh, game against Toronto uh, on Saturday. And uh, I think it's Saturday or Sunday. No, on Sunday, excuse me, because they played last night on back-to-back. Um, but I, I love that mentality. You know, I said when Thibodeau got here, one thing that you're going to see in the Knicks is that they're going to have an uh, identity, which they haven't had an identity uh, for some years, that they're going to come out there and they're going to play defense and they're going to get after you. And, and same crew that they had last year, with the exception of 
couple of rookies that came in and IQ and and uh, Toppin, uh, but the same crew, uh, and they come in there and they battle. You know what I mean? They get after you on the defensive end of the court. As you know, defense gonna give you a chance to win every single night, and they one of the top uh, defensive teams in the league, and they record showing showing that. And so um, they're not the gifted offensive teams that you see out there, but they got guys that can fall in the hole, and they got guys that that's tough minded and gonna go out there and and play hard every single night, and that's what it takes in order to win in this league. And so. As you know, defense uh, has been frowned upon on, on, over a lot of years. It's all about the offensive end of the court. And yeah. then when you have a, a coach that has that defensive mentality and put that inside of the team and they come out, teams don't know what hit them. Right. Like, you're not supposed to be playing defense. We're supposed to be, just be running up and down and freelancing yeah. and doing what we do. No, nah, you got to get after it. And, and that's going to give them a chance to – to win every single night. So I, I love their attitude. Um, having a, a young player like uh, IQ, Emmanuel Quickly come in and, and really show the leadership role. Uh, I love the way uh, uh, he plays the game. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to go out there and get in one face. And, you know, you just watch his maturity out there on the court. And Toppin, you know, being from Brooklyn and yeah. wanting to come here and play and back in his uh, home city, and uh, you know he has a lot of growth, but you see potential in there uh, in him. And so, and then watch Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robinson. You know, you know D. Rose back back here again. You know these guys. You know what I mean? They they just going out there and just playing, man. I, I love their their fight, their grit, uh, and they taking on that personality of the city. And Thibodeau, he was here during those glory days, and he mm-hmm. understands what type of team that have to represent New York, and they represent New York in a big way this year. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got to give it up to them. They playing, they playing some good ball. I got to be yeah. honest with you, I wanted to see Mark Jackson get the head job. I did. Mm. That's who I was rooting for yeah. to get the head job of New York. But Thibodeau, you got to tip your hat to him. He's doing yeah. a great job. So yeah. definitely. Hey, Ray, I'm going to get one more question. I'll let y'all go. I'm, I can talk to y'all forever, but I ain't going <laughs> to hold y'all. For, you know what I mean? Y'all are legends in this. You know, so I want to milk every little bit that I can milk. I'm glad you came back too, Ray. Um, you know, we, we lost an icon in, in DMX um, a few days ago, and it hit me hard. I mean, because I, you know, I, I read his book, you know, when I was, you know, coming, I think I was just coming out of college. I read his book. I read about, you know, some of the struggles that he had. You know, I just saw him perform at Howard Theater like maybe a few years ago, like before COVID. And literally, he poured his whole heart out on the stage. You know what I mean? Like you just felt the emotion from him, you know, and he's praying in between and he's talking about battling demons. And, you know, he's talking about trying to do better. And then he's talking about the demons again, keep coming. You know, it was just it's an amazing emotional experience seeing him perform. Tell me what his passing um, um, meant to you and how it affected you? Oh, man. I mean, it was hurtful, man. I mean, you know, my whole day was was just, I was out of it that day. You know, I knew DMX personally. And um, I remember me and him hanging out one time at Beverly Hills. And we was just doing simple stuff. And this was like my time I really had 
one-on-one time with them because you know sometimes when we see each other it's always the media the paparazzi the press mm. everybody around but this particular time it was just me and him he had a couple of his boys with him i had a couple of mine and i remember us just sitting down having soup together we was just i guess we was hungry and we had some good chicken noodle soup and i remember us just talking and just kicking in and i'm like damn this is really a good brother like you know, sometimes people listen to the music and they think, you know, we don't have a heart or we not cool on that level that you may think. But I realized that, yo, this is, if I was from his neighborhood, I would have been his man. I would have been hanging with him. Yeah. But that day, that date of his passing and, you know, going home, it definitely affected me, my family, my brothers, you know, and, and especially the world. You know, he was a great man and yeah. he was a man of God, you know. And um, DMX the type of person he he was like old dirty you know he had a strong a strong personality you know he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it and um, you know he's going to always be here with us you know his music and you know this man sold seventy five million records just to let the world know mm. so he he did his thing and he was very impactful in the communities you know and um. You know, it was just it's just tough, you know. We 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 lost a great, you know. But um at the end of the day, like I said, you know, I, I send my condolences out to his family, to the whole Rough Riders crew. You know, X was that guy, man. X was mm. and and one thing about him, like you said, he you know, he was so spiritual and I respect men that are spiritual. You know, spiritual is important these days you know? yeah you got to have a balance yeah yeah it's like that balance you have to yeah. balance things and i guess that comes with success sometimes where you know we realize damn we getting these blessings and we taking them for granted sometimes and you know dmx taught us that he taught us how to be more spiritual with ourselves and go out there and do the things that you want to do like this guy was not only just uh a great man but he was an actor as well you know mm -hmm. classic movies classic albums you know definitely danced with some of the best artists in the game and made it easy you know he left a, he left a lifetime legacy and that's what it's all about wow no he he, he was uh special in that way man uh you know the song uh slipping yeah yeah that just that, yeah. Just, that touches oh, me man yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thought about right. Yeah, that man. Every time I listen, to that it just takes me back. You know what I mean to my past. And he, he touches that man, and his songs uplift people and get you through yeah. some tough times. You know what I mean? Because he was so real. You know, his life was an open book. Right. You know what I mean? And you know, us being in entertainment, from sports to entertainers. Um, you know, I like is an open book. You know what I mean? You can't hide nothing. And yeah. so, uh, but he didn't let that stop. Him. You know what right. I mean? That's what I appreciate about that brother, man. He didn't let that stop him. No matter what he was going through, you know, he kept pushing. He yeah. kept pushing to the end. And I uh, got a lot of respect for DMX. Definitely, definitely, y'all. Well, I appreciate y'all. Before I let y'all go, Chef, I know you got a new album coming out. I heard y'all mention it on the verses. You're going to have a, 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 uh, you know, part three is that what it was? Cuban Links part three you working on? 
Like, you got to tell the people about that. I heard you mentioned it real quick on the verses. I was like, wait, wait, what did he say? <laughs> 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 did he say Cuban League's part three? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that. We're going we're gonna to definitely close the trilogy. I mean, you know, like I said, when I made this album back in 1995, you couldn't tell me it was going to be a three-part series vibe, though. But I'm always trying to do things to, you know, make the fans feel comfortable with what they may want. But I'm, I'm going to drop something else before I drop the three because one thing about me, I never like to rush my music, you know, and um, I'm going to give guys some dope music before I hit you with the three. Right. You kind of to warm it up just to yeah. get in the field to let you guys know the importance of it because it's 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 it's, it's that ring that y'all want me to, to give you guys. So yeah. I'm going to give it to you, though. So definitely... Cuban Links 3, get ready, you know. Right. It's going to be fire. You know, also, you know, I got to promote my wine that I got. I got a wine out. All right. Lakata. Oh, wow. It's What's what La- call? Lakata. Lakata. Yeah, Lakata. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's a red wine. It's a red wine from Italy. But, um, you know, like I said. Where can, we, can we pick that up? I'm a wine drinker, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to send you some bottles then, baby. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> That's not a problem, but definitely, you know, if people want to get it as well, you know, you could go online to lakata.com. You know, you could, um, you know, we got direct-to-consumer going on, so, all you right. know, all my people out there. But, John, I got to send you some special. We'll make sure we exchange information and stuff yeah, like that. Sure, after. Sure, sure. We want to promote it, too promote what you're doing too uh on the show so we, we definitely do that and john you you still have your stuff with the foundation you're still doing yeah. i remember you know i was at doing i was going to your three-on-three tournament in tulsa when i was young like it's crazy because yeah. yeah. you know, I, yeah. I got a picture from when you came to my middle school i'm a i'm a young cat taking a picture with you with john starks <laughs> my mama got it right now <laughs> you were the one with because yeah. came too I, yeah, you know, yeah. it's y'all are the legends. So y'all came and really, you know, imparted y'all knowledge to us. And we, you know, all the OGs did. Lee Mayberry would come talk to us, you know what yeah. I mean? All the cats. So we appreciate it. But talk about your foundation and then, and then I'll let y'all go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've been doing my foundation since 94 to uh, give out scholarships to uh, uh, graduating students in the tri state area as well as scholarships back home in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, you know, we've been very fortunate over the years to be able to uh, help a lot of incredible young kids uh, get off to college. And, you know, since 94, man, I don't know how many scholarships we didn't, we didn't gave out, but uh, it's been a blessing, you know what I mean? Because my agent asked me, what do you want to do in, in return and uh, give back? And I told him, you know, I thought about what I had to go through coming out of high school because I wasn't recruited, you know, as uh, far as getting a scholarship, I had to go the traditional route to go to, go to college and apply for Pell Grants and, and find money. And so I knew how hard that process was. So uh, I said, you know what, I want to start a uh, foundation to be able to give out scholarships. And I've been going strong ever since 94. You know, I didn't see a lot of, you know, other foundations, you know, athletes foundations coming up, uh, but we've been blessed that uh, I have good people around me uh, and uh, people that have the same vision that I have. 
and and then I have you know great sponsors who believe in what we're trying to get accomplished and you know all we're doing is trying to you know give a young person uh, a chance at life you know what I mean it's, it's easy to go down that 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 road which we all know you can go down but the hardest thing is to you know believe in yourself and 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 push forward to you know uh, to do great things in your life and and so uh, we just ask them, you know, just to go out there and, you know, run. You know what I mean? You give that kid that that opportunity, he's gonna run with it, you know. But if that opportunity never come, then what you expect? And so uh, we're just gonna continue to, you know, raise money and continue to uh, send kids to school. That's great, man. I much respect to both of y'all brothers and what y'all are doing. You know, y'all legends in the game, but then legends in life and in giving back. Like, it's so important. So, because so many people, you know, young people coming up are affected by y'all. And y'all are like, you know, there's there, there, there certain people who will always be looked at with reverence, you know, forever. You know what I mean? Like, Wu-Tang is something that, you know, some music, it don't age well. You know, Wu Tang ages, and it's like you just heard it. Like you put up, like I, my kids be bumping Wu Tang, and I, you know what I'm saying? You know, they they listen to a whole different kind of hip hop nowadays. Well, time, timeless music, it's timeless. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's much respect to y'all, much respect to y'all brothers, and everything that y'all doing. And I'm glad that we connect. I'm glad that y'all ain't never connected, and now we connected on on the rematch. That's that's, that's dope, though, man. I'm so, looking forward to that wine. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, for sure, man. For sure, for sure. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Thomas 36 Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.